everyone and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What are horror sandwiches? Well, it's a lovely movie filling surrounded by two slices of chatty goodness. My name's Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. Hello. How are you this week? Not too bad. I think I just missed an opportunity to jinx you. Uh, oh yeah, very close. Um, yeah. It was just slightly it behind. for a terrible podcast, I think, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was just slightly behind, I think. It was. It wouldn't have been a true jinx. I think it would have been maybe half a jinx. Um, which we need to think about. Only use consonants and no vowels. I was going if you think about that in Pokemon terms, you've got a bit of a mess, really. Half a jinx. Well, I suppose it depends which way you could. You could have, just have two huge lips. Um, was... Jinx that, uh, you're that, that the racist one. It's got big lips, yeah. Yeah. It, well, yeah. After appropriate. App- appropriately mentioned, um, but inappropriately made. Uh, weird. Uh, what am I doing? Oh, I finally uh, managed to scratch the Hotel Budapest off my chat GPT list. Um, it was fine. That I must admit, I was I, I, I don't know what it is. There must be a time and a place for Wes Anderson, and if you're not in the mood for it, it's like keep going. No, I tend to uh, fluctuate between hating Wes Anderson and and kind of getting on board with it. Yeah, it's either very charming or very annoying. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like Asteroid City. Uh, right, I, I hate the sort of the stunted, emotionless way all the characters talk. I didn't and I think it. when that breaks through, uh, it's it's always the best bit of the films. Uh, and I think his best films are where that's curbed somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I was, I was thinking Asteroid City. Uh, you know, the, the scene with Margot Robbie is, is fantastic. It's beautiful. Uh, but there isn't enough of the film that's like that for me. Yeah. I didn't get around to Asteroid City. In fact, I'm not sure how much Wes Anderson I've actually watched. I will always claim that his best film is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. That's brilliant. I like yeah, that. Yeah, by, by a long way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did I did like uh, Grand Budapest and The French Dispatch, though. You know, I'm not, I'm not entirely against him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a Tenenbaums man myself. I really like Royal Tenenbaums. Um, that was him, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, it I'm, was, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was. Anyway, so um, we had a, I had a bit of a further chat with Jack with Chat GPT, and we, uh, you know, we discussed with each other about what sort of genre to go on to next, and uh, we ended up in uh, film noir. Uh, oh, okay. So I'm watching. Uh, Touch of Evil by made by Orson Welles and starring Orson Welles. Uh, 1950 something, 58. So, uh, See, if you said Orson Welles Noir, I would, I'm sure you'd have just gone with the third man, but I have I'm seen you've gone man. for a deep cut. I've seen the cut. third man, so um, I thought. I won't go for the third man because I've seen it. The other one it offered was Double Idemnity, and I saw that last year. So, yeah, here here I am. I'm going in for the touch of evil, 
or touch of evil. Um, I remember in my film studies class, we uh, we watched Sin City as a modern noir. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, well... Not uh, sure how I feel about it. <laughs> what, Sin City? Yeah, I remember loving it to the point that it was a terrible personality trait uh, when it came <laughs> out. Uh, but I just can't help but feel it doesn't hold up. I mean, I'm not, I've not watched it in ages, so I'm just guessing here, but... Uh, uh, maybe I, I I would have I would have no idea. I remember I saw it maybe once or twice. I quite enjoyed the comic book, um, but that's it really. I've well, not, yeah, I've I, did, I did that thing. Where, yeah, I did that thing where I watched the film and then then read all the comic books because obviously. Well, yeah, that's the best way to do it. I would have thought. I don't know. I don't know. I was pretty much the same as you. I, I watched the film and then read the comics, and I was like, oh yeah, this. Although they're quite, they're quite well, they're quite faithful actually. The, the film to the books, um, which is not often the case. Uh, anyway, well, uh, I think Robert Rodriguez got into a big fallout with the uh, Directors Guild over because he demanded that Frank Miller got a directing credit as well because of the, because uh, of how closely it stuck to the. Uh, you know, the art style and the framework of the story. Oh, lovely. We're back before Frank Miller was mad. Uh, mm. <laughs> I think he's gone mad. Um, well, well, that, well, let's lead us ourselves into the first slice of bread. I haven't got a tenuous link to get us there, um, aside from watching films, which is pretty much what we're about. Um, so... One of our lovely, lovely listeners um, suggested this slice of bread for us, which is uh, three films that are on your homework list. You know you should watch them, but somehow you never get around to it. So we're going to give that a go. Um, And um, I'm going to start us off with, I'm I'm still yet to see Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Um, I think I've mentioned this before. But it's, um, I don't know why it's a blank spot for me. Like, I know I definitely should watch it, as is the briefing for this. Um, and I love Alfred Hitchcock, Hitchcock films. I went through quite a stage of it last year when I was doing my Let's Watch Everything. But I still never got around to the birds. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I can. That's, that's my first one. Yeah, I mean, it's. It is a classic. Um, hmm. I think it highlights a problem that I have is that like I've seen the birds, but like fifteen years ago. <laughs> Something that comes up a lot for me with this. Right. And and my memory of it is is pretty you know, vague. I mean, to be honest, my film memory is pretty vague for loads of stuff that I've watched even recently. Uh, which has, you know, it's good and bad points because it means you get to enjoy a film. Uh, kind of again for the first time. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the, the birds is the birds is great. Uh, and I I support you in uh, your choice to uh, visit it. Yeah, uh, I feel like my only real look at the birds is there's a, there was a sketch on a show called Big Train, um, where it was the working class. Um, I, I knew it was. From the birds because it keeps sort of appearing. Uh, yeah. 
Anyone who hasn't seen Big Train should get round to it. Simon Pegg early days. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, what have you got for us? What do you want to right. say? Right. So... Mine is is part of my my existing uh, homework slash New Year's stuff. Ah, sweet. Uh, because I've never seen any of the old Universal monster movies. Oh, right. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'll out of all of them, I'll pick Dracula because I think that's the the main one, isn't it? Uh, which is a film that I know that you're not to the you're not hot on, are you? No, no. Uh, but it's yeah, it's one that I I, I think any self respecting uh, horror fan uh, would seek out at some point. Yes, yeah, I would. Um, I would imagine so. It's certainly worth having checked off the list. I would. Yeah, so I'd like to go through all of them. Really. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend uh, the old Dark House, um, which was James. It's James Whale. Uh, it was him again, um, but that one that one's really good. That one's good fun. Um, and it's got Charles Lawton in it, who I like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not here, sorry, I'm not here to do recommendations on what you <laughs> what you want to watch, but there you go. Yeah, the old no, dark maps. Uh, you know I always want the uh, recommendations. Yeah, I would highly recommend uh, the old dark house. It's actually, it's actually really good. Um, and it's got Boris Karloff in it. But he's not he's not doing a monster, he's doing a sort of well, I don't know what he's doing, I can't remember. He's doing a thing, stomping about, you know what I mean. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go through all of them. So I mean I'm gonna you know, part of my uh my my resolution was to watch films from each decade and Excellent. Uh I'm covering Ten decades, so there's twelve months in a year. So I'll probably end up doing a few from the thirties, and I'll, I'll take me Universal monster movies for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, my next one is um, it's an eighties film that I've never got around to, but I know a lot of people love it, and it's um, you know you usually see figures and stuff, which is uh, the Return of the Living Dead. Which is, I think, uh, I'm not even sure actually whether it is a horror comedy or not. Um, but I know it's got a lot of iconic zombies in it and a lot of really good uh, effects. I've just never got around to it. I think it's 1985, um, and it's uh, it's just it feels like you know, like I suppose it's fair to say that my era of horror is the 80s. That's where that's where that's where my heart lives. Um, and it feels weird to have such a big gap. Um, so, yeah, I've definitely got that on my list. That's my next one. You're going to tell me you've seen that, yeah? No, I haven't. It was I, I, you've actually stolen a bit of a, a bit of my thunder because it's. Uh, I was also going to include uh, some of the zombie films because, uh, like Romero, I've. I've that that's kind of a blind spot for me as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, pick up some pick up some zombie movies. Uh, I'll I'll probably have to join you in the with some of that too. Yeah, I, I, I'm 
I think I've seen a lot of the zombie movies. I must admit that zombies are not my favorite genre at all. Um, I like Train to Busan. I think that's really good. But um, and I do love the Night of the Living Dead. But most of the other ones, you know, even though I will say Dawn of the Dead's a good film, it just doesn't. It's I wouldn't go out of my way to watch a zombie film. Um, I must admit, but uh, they they probably are good. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I'm saying now. Just stuff. Yeah, it's just not my favorite. It's just not, it's just not my favorite thing. It wouldn't immediately get me to, into a cinema. You know what I mean? Like if a new zombie film came out, I'm not going to. But I guess those Romero films are really good. And there's one I've got a dead spot for them, and well, as well. And I think it might be Day of the Dead. Um, where they have the smart zombie, I think. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that one, so. I just talked at you then, didn't I? Really? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I, I want to. Uh... No, I, 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 no, I just like. I was like, ah, oh, zombies. Maybe I do like zombies. Maybe I've talked myself around in those in those few minutes. Um, but yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we all. There are a lot of great zombie films, aren't there? There are, there are, and there are lots of great. All sorts of films in certain genres, but I guess some of them just don't. You don't go out of your way to to see them. I imagine it's more of a case of like your tolerance being lower. That's how I describe myself anyway for for certain things. Yeah, yeah. So was you know, your? I don't think there's. Well, I don't think there's anything that I'd, I'd you know dismiss out of hand and say that you know that thing's not my thing. Yeah, right. Uh, but I would say that you know. It needs to be a really good one for me to to get on board with it, sort of thing. Right, you know, like yeah. musicals. I like a musical, yeah. I do. You know, I I like a I like a really good musical, uh, like Cats. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot how much you like Cats. I do. I love Cats. <laughs> Which I mean, some some may describe that as a as a horror film, but but not me. Uh, but right, uh, I'll go for my next one then, okay? Uh, because it's it's one that has been brought up to me quite a lot, um, okay. mostly by you. Oh, <laughs> but uh, a few others have, have popped it up too, and that is possession. Ah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and again, it's something that I want to expand on a bit because uh Andrzej Jalowski is uh you know a Polish film director and given that uh you know I, I like to ingratiate myself with uh, with my other half's family and this is a way that I can do it uh, I do want to explore some of his films because they're all they're all like really well regarded uh like they're like three yeah, three point seven four stars on yeah. the box, you know. So it's some yeah, it's something that I want to sink my teeth into. And then possession is the the most uh, famous one of all. But the one the one that I really did want to see actually though is the uh, the third part of the night because it sounds just really trippy and surreal and nightmarish, uh, which you know, fun. That's what you want, trippy and nightmarish. 
Um, we're all after a decent nightmare. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, possessions. Um, possessions, fantastic. Um, just there's a whole trilogy in there of those films, which you may have just mentioned. <laughs> um, because I really want to see in the mouth of madness. Um, is it is it called that? Uh, wherever, wherever Sam Neill's batshit, we mentioned this last week on uh, Last House on the Left, um, but whenever Sam Neill's batshit, I'm there for it. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, to be honest, I'm just there for Sam Neill full stop. Yeah, no, you say it. Um, I think I like him in most things. I can't think of a movie that I don't like him in. Um, some people don't like the new uh, Jurassic Parks, but I like him. Uh, I mean... The film can be crap, but he'd be good in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And I've not heard great things about the two Peter Rabbit films, for example. <laughs> oh. They're, they're all right, I think. I've seen one of them. <laughs> um, so. No, um, James Corden was enough to pull me off of those. Yeah, no, that's fair. That is very, very fair. Um, well, I think my last one has uh, has got to be many times discussed, and um, I don't think we need to go too much into it. But I really, really want to add Nos- Nosferatu to my list, to my ever growing well, not to my ever growing list in this particular um, genre. This question that we've been asked, really, as far as homework's concerned, I, I, I really need to add this to my list. Um, you know, when I toyed between this and the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Uh, and I want to see both of them, but I think in terms of influential horror films and ones to, you know, add to the list, I think Nosferatu's really high up there, isn't it? And I know you've recommended it to me how many times, and I've also said on here probably for at least a year that I'm definitely going to go around to seeing it. But uh, yeah, that's that's on my blank list and it, it definitely needs to be watched. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything you've said is, is accurate there. <laughs> it's a film that's, that leaves a massive footprint uh, that you can see. Uh, yeah. I would say this, the same thing of Caligari as well. Uh, I watched it for the first time fairly recently as, as well. And at that you can see, you know, you can see its legacy uh, on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you... Sorry, go on. And you know uh, that's that's something that I love from horror movies. Uh, I absolutely love to see where it started and where we've ended up. It just it really it it means a whole lot to me. It's 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 good. So yeah, uh, that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I fully I fully support your. Uh, oh, thank you. All of all of your choices. <laughs> oh, all of them. Well, I mean, all of the ones that you've mentioned in in this bit. <laughs> oh, all right, okay. Not not necessarily all my moral decisions because you don't necessarily know what they are. I suppose I, I'm a good person. Don't worry, I'm good. I'm good. I'm nice. I mean, you've always been nice to me. Well, there you go. Then you can only really go on what you know, can't you? Um, I don't have anyone secretly tied up in a basement or, uh. What else, what else do people do? I don't know. 
murders. <laughs> uh, I'm losing my mind. Anyway, what have you? Did you do your last one? Because I don't think you did. Or was was that your zombies? No, that that was not my zombies. All right, okay. This one, I'm a bit more unsure of because this is um, Scott Derrickson uh, recently joined Letterboxd. Right. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know Scott Derrickson, he directed quite a few horror films that, uh, as well as the first Doctor Strange film. And uh, he put out his list of the top 100 horror films. Uh, his personal list. Uh, on on it, I saw the Devils, uh, the, the the controversial Ken Russell film. All oh, right, uh, yeah. Uh, this is a film that has. I mean, it has a history uh, and then some. Uh, yeah. It's one of those rare books that has, sorry, one of those rare films that has books written about it. It's gone through a studio that's unwilling to release it. Mm. Uh, it was it was recut, I think, in the early two thousands, and that cut has even that still been suppressed. So oh. it's it's available in places, and people do watch it now, and it, it's widely regarded as a masterpiece. But uh, when I did look at the genres on Lairbox, it says drama and history. So I'm not sure if I can use this as one of my horror histories. But if Scott Derrickson says it, you know, he directed the black phone, so he knows more about horror than I do. So as far as I know, it's it's often um cited if he said it's film. horror. Yeah. Good enough for me. I I think I actually think I've heard Mark Mo talk about it as well. Um, yeah, he, he it's one of his yeah things that he's always going on about needing it to be released properly and stop suppressing it and being ninnies, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. When I Googled it, it's come up as horror slash documentary, so um, Google must know, surely. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I actually want to add that to my list. I think I probably keep forgetting about it, which is bad, but um, can you can you find it if you really want to? You, you can. No, okay. no. Yes, it is possible. Okay, I mean, not not that we would suggest to anybody to find it if they if they really want to, um, in any other terms than legal measures. It's oh, it's like a did a little um, what is it there? Disclaimer. Uh, yeah. Well, it's Something uh, like that. don't don't if you, if you, you do things. commit crime to watch it. We're not. Uh, we're not to blame. Don't yeah. Don't say oh oh this podcast said that it was all right. Uh, I don't. I mean I don't think. I mean you can you you can watch it perfectly legally as well. I think for a time it actually snuck onto Shudder. Oh really? I, I haven't I'm, looked at it. I'm sure there's been limited not sim not cinema releases, but you can show it privately maybe. Because um, I'm sure. That, I'm sh I'm sure one of the podcasts I listen to has done a showing of it. Maybe I might be wrong. Um, anyway, and in fact, as well, it is even available on uh, archive.org. 
which is is that is that one legal? Are we all right? That's a it's a perfectly legal website. Yeah, you should, all you right. Go on it and uh... well, there you go, everyone. Watch the Devils. Do it now. Don't stop listening to this. Listen to the end of this. Dang, do it now. Um, <laughs> we'd be. I, I think I'm slightly unhinged today. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, well, it's good. It's probably coming to terms with the film that we've just watched. It's <laughs> well, it was my second viewing. I gave myself two goes at it. Um, so that was fun. And and since you've said that, let's get into this. Um, this here. Uh, movie of the week, uh, movie of the week, <laughs> filling the sandwich filling. Now, uh, before I get into this, if you haven't um, heard of this film, um, there are there are parts of this film that are uh, deal with racism, sexual assault. Um, so, you know, if that's not something that you want to hear about. Then, um, yeah, that's your little thing. We, we understand that. That's me being. That's me being like looking after everyone's mental, mental stuff, mental stuff. Um, right. So anyway, so we've gone for soft and quiet from 2022, um, which is directed by Beth D. Araujo. Sorry if I butchered that name. I apologize. Beth uh, D. Araujo, I would say. Oh, well, there you go. Matthew's done a much better job there. Well, um, I mean, we don't know for sure. We, we yeah, have to ask her. It's more likely, though, isn't it, than than what I said. Butchered it with my Western tongue. Um, so as cast, we've got Stephanie Estes as Emily, Olivia Lucardi as Leslie, Dana Milliken as Kim, Melissa Paolo as Anne, Eleanor Pignetta as Marjorie, um... And I think those are the main the main cast really in this movie. Now, yeah, there's it's not a great many people. There aren't there aren't a great many people. Now, this is a movie that um, I, I know. I know this was your first viewing of it, and um, did you manage to go in without knowing anything about it, or had you heard? Bits. I kind of, uh, I'd seen little snippets, so I, I didn't know the themes of it or anything like that. Okay, all right. Uh, but I know that it was a film that that took turns. Uh, I didn't expect the turn to come so quickly. But, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that, there it is, uh, and also I kind of, I'm I'm not so sure that the the reveal uh, that that our main character is is a tall Roman is all that surprise. We kind of know already, don't we? Uh, the opening scene does a job of putting us in the position where we know something's not quite. Uh, yeah, not exactly, not exactly right. right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, essentially, for those of you who've seen this film, and um, well, it's full spoiler, so don't worry about it. What we we see this teacher Emily, and um, oh, one thing to note is uh, this film's done all in a single take, um, which I'll, I'll, we'll get back to. 
Um, so she's going to a meeting carrying a pie. We can see that. And then when she takes the foil off the pie at the meeting, it's got a SWAT sticker cut into it. And it immediately, it, it's actually, I actually think it's one of the more, one of more, um, like holy fuck moments that I've seen in, in, in movies in quite a long time. It took me by such surprise. I really, and yeah, like I was saying earlier, we kind of not expecting it. Um, yeah, we know she's iffy, don't we? And when she uh, she she has a go at the uh, she she gets the the child to give the the cleaner at the school a dressing down, doesn't she? Like, I kind of knew something was a bit iffy there, uh, but when. It was a swastika that was revealed. <laughs> uh, my, my jaw hit the floor. I was, yeah. I was shocked. Uh, <laughs> apparently, apparently, because it's shocking. It is shocking. It it, it doesn't. Uh, as I say, I went into it knowing all I knew about it was that it was called soft and quiet, and it was and and people were saying it was good, and I was like, I, I don't know what's going on here. I have heard that apparently. Um, the girl that she meets up with, Leslie, and to be fair, it's Leslie and Emily who become the sort of main two, I would say, really. Um, yeah. Apparently, the whatever's written on the back of Liz, Leslie's jacket is like an old school sort of, um, yeah, b- bad racism thing. Yeah. So the people, basically, the girl, the women uh, meet for the daughters of the Aryan Uni, um. And we sit them, we sit with them for a fucking long time, don't you think? Where they, where each and every one of them is just saying the most. It, it, it really, they really are the most god awful things. Um, yeah, and I think this is something the film does extremely well, right? Uh, because it doesn't, it doesn't do this thing that a lot of films do where it's like racism's bad you know it's a film that that knows that you know racism's bad you know right. it's it doesn't need to to like to to, to make that apparent it, it mm-hmm. trusts that an, an audience are you know functioning decent human beings what it does to really amplify this horror is to uh, to to amplify talking points that are very common uh, yes. things that I have seen online, things that I've I've heard people say in real life at times, which is again just just awful. And but it it does another thing as well, where it you know it it highlights that these attitudes are bubbling under the surface. You know we can we we can pin you know we we can see that the real terrifying results of this you know you know race racially motivated murders and your know, hate crimes and the thing but they're the the end product of attitudes like this being shared and you know being validated among this group mm-hmm. and that's where this film really highlights the the horror of these abhorrent attitudes and the the other 
the other huge thing about this is that this woman is a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, she's indoctrinating children into this. We already see that straight away at the beginning of the film. She gives a child uh, a book, which we, you know, we don't hear about it, but we work out very quickly that it's it's a story that has white supremacy as its underpinning. And also that the parents doing the exact same thing to, to their own children. Yeah. And it is, like, it, it's it's too real. It's just, frankly, it's a slap in the face to know that, that these things are going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it as well as you, but um, that was my thought process with it as well, is you sit with these people, but... You know, repeating what you said, these are the these are the things you hear people say. You know, now it, it's dialed up, I'd say, a little bit in this. Um, but these are the things you you hear people say. But then when you're getting battered with it in this film, each and it's all these to a degree different, varying opinions of of from well, yeah, well, from racist white people and. Uh, it just yeah, um, they're, they're all different slices of the same pie. Yeah, yep. Yeah, well, very good. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it does. Um, it it just it it it's, it 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 says it 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 it's just uncomfortable to watch. That that part of the movie is really. I mean, the whole movie I think is particularly uncomfortable to watch. Um. So, you know, from there it sort of takes a turn into a bit of a home invasion film. Um, but circling back round, actually, to what I said right at the beginning, how did the single tape work for you? Did you notice it, or was it? Not yeah, so- yeah, I definitely did. Uh, yeah, there were times where I thought that it was a little necessary. Uh-huh. You know, there's a few shots that that linger when they don't need to, and I think that's probably a case of having to to move uh, your know, move sets around. Uh, but there are also times where it works really well. I yeah, think in the the in the car, especially. Yes, uh, pretty much every time they get into a car, I think this works mm-hmm. uh, as a one shot. And how they manage to to time it, uh, I mean, there's, there's, imagine there's probably a few cheeky cuts here and there, uh, but I always remember them. They, they drove from the meeting to the shop for the first time, and I was like, they've, they've timed that perfectly, you know. It, yeah, yeah, it's on a, on a right bang note, and you, you have you have to assume that, that might have been a problem. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You have to assume that they that they that they tried that they tested and tested and tested over and over again to see what they could get thin and you know I don't necessarily oh, you know, know it much. It might of... just be the performers. Yeah. You know, not yeah. To, to put the to put a stamp you know, a stamp on the conversation uh around this time. Yeah, I'd I'd I don't. I don't want to watch this again. But it's. Uh, it would be interesting just to see that. I just tried to, to pick it apart a little bit more. I noticed it a lot more this time. 
But I don't think I realized the first time I'd watched it that it was a single take. Um, I just, it, I, it's just not something that I would have noticed. And I wonder if you'd have noticed it if I hadn't told you. Um, I don't know. Uh, there are moments in it where it, um, it doesn't quite work and it, it feels like it slips a little bit into found footage. Um, especially some of the sort of later bits when they're outside with torches and stuff like that. And it feels a bit, it doesn't feel quite, uh, well, it feels exactly like I said, it feels, it feels a little bit, um, found footage, but it's not, it's not any the worse for it really. Um, so let's go back to the home invasion then. So what just, it's awful really, isn't it? Um, the main, I think, the main part of the home invasion is we start with this. We we, we discover Leslie, and she seems very almost, I would say, compliant um, until she gets a taste of the violence of it, and then it becomes it becomes very much her and um, Emily's film. I I'd say. Um, yeah. yeah. What, so what, what do you think of the home invasion bit? I mean, you know, obviously I'm skipping past the sort of horrible violence, which we will get to. Um, but... Yeah, I think that uh, it does... Uh, it does quite a good job of picking apart the the racism of the first act mm-hmm. once they, they get in there and, uh, you know, it, it, it brings about the talking points in quite a subtle way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I thought the, a particularly bit that stuck out to me was with, uh, Marjorie, you know, how she's, I think she's like the first to really speak at that meeting about uh, her experiences. And she says that she was passed over for promotion and she, she issued it down to a race and some kind of forced diversity nonsense. Mm-hmm. And her, you know, her boss has told her that it's because she's, she lacks leadership ability. And then as soon as this crisis hits, she crumbles. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And it, proved straight away that that you know she is not fit for this sort of situation and you know that that picks it apart and you know the uh our, our main character who's uh emily the the you know one of the, the two who's the de facto leader isn't she until uh-huh. it all goes wrong you know her idea is this uh she wants to be a family she she uh, wants a husband she wants children and then in pursuit of this this racist vendetta she has completely destroyed that for herself right yeah yeah but not only is as she destroyed the lives of the people that she's you know that are, are suffering at the hands of them she's destroyed her own life yeah, uh, yeah. because she she's thrown away what she she's claimed she wanted and 
the the, the same thing kind of goes with Kim. Uh, again, I think she she's pro she's the least developed of all the characters. Uh, she's kind of, I think she's kind of just around to to fill out the numbers in a lot of ways, unfortunately. Uh, and then, you know the the idea of criminality is something that comes up a lot. And then, as soon as this home invasion comes up, straight away, Leslie has proven that she's this violent monster. Mm. And yeah, you know it, it. It kind of flips on there. You know, it doesn't. It, you know, it doesn't address everything in those. Uh, you know, those early meetings because it's, I mean, that, that would be too much because so much hatred is, is spilt there. Yeah. But it it shows our characters the consequences of their actions. So although we, we don't get, uh, you know, we don't get like a happy ending here. We don't get some sort of vengeance or, uh, you know, a resolution or, you know, final girl. Uh, killing the the monster sort of ending. We do get this clear instruction to us that these people are supporting a failed ideology. Right. And yeah. That's about as close as we can get to a happy ending here. Apart yeah, from the, yeah, the true. Shot, I suppose. Yeah. I, I, although I, I don't necessarily know if that last shot is. Um... Is supposed to be as positive as it as it comes out because I don't. There's something about that film that just makes me think that they that they that they are going to get away with it regardless. Um, that kind of hangs over the film, doesn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. You know, we 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 know about the police, unfortunately, and, and how their their record when it comes to race is patchy at best. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um what I sort of like about it is um how it treats the violence um in terms of I think people forget how violent words are and the fact that it the fact that it it, it takes these terribly awful things that people say and turn it into an actual sort of violence, you know, showing that it sort of violence leads to violence uh, sort of thing. It, um, I, I, I really sort of like that about it in terms of, you know, what it's saying about, as you, as you say, it's, it, it it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, it doesn't treat you like you don't know what the racism for bad. Sorry, I couldn't get my words together then. Um, yeah, it does. You know, it does show that that words are dangerous, not just in terms of uh, you know the, these women. I I don't think they they really hurl you know many slurs. I mean, there there is. There are mentions to the race to the the two women in question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they don't they don't throw you know the n word around at them as well because obviously because they're not the women are black but you know they don't hurl epithets 
as you would expect, the danger comes from these opinions being voiced and not challenged. And they're in this, this echo chamber that are all validated to the point where they feel like they're doing something noble. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, she said, you said sort of with one of the characters, but ultimately for them, they, they, they feel like they've got it all sorted out, but until, and as soon as it starts going south, that you know, all of them, you know, are completely out of the depth in terms of, you know, what it is that they that they've done, what it is that they're doing, and you know, this unin well, I was going to say unintentional violence. It, it it feels like the intention is never to be violent in the house rather than, you know, mess with them. Um, yeah, the, the consequences but, are they're not entirely, yeah. you know, uh, intended, are they? You know? No. Well, because essentially, for the, if anyone who hasn't seen it, one of the people that they end up tying up is they, they're force-feeding them both. I don't know if it's peanuts or chocolate or chocolate with peanuts, but one of them has a peanut allergy and then dies on them. So then they find themselves in a situation where what what is it they're supposed to do? And, uh, you know, from there on it... And actually, you you, you would say to a, to a degree the violence isn't actually over, over the top, you know, it's not... But there is a touch of you know, sexual violence where they try, where one of them tries to make it look like it might have been rape and that's that's uncomfortable to watch, um, despite the fact that they don't show you anything. Um, you know, so it is... It's, um, yeah, it's... It's, it, it, it's quite a hard film to watch, actually. Um when I first saw it, I, I I wasn't a big fan of the home invasion thing, bit because it feels very well, almost real to life. You know, everybody's panicking whether you like it. You know, whether Leslie seems in control or not, she's definitely, you know, panicking. And there's all this shouting, and there's so much going on, and it left me feeling a bit like. Mm, I don't know. I just didn't like that bit. Whereas this time, I, I I felt a bit more about it, especially noting that the violence was a lot less than I thought it was. And uh, you know, as I say, I, I feel like the intention of the filmmaker is to to a to a degree show you know how far your bad opinions can take you um, if you're willing to follow through with it. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it certainly fits the effed up cat anyway. Yeah, it, it it does that for sure. It does. It does. Um, I don't know how much more it is that we've got to say about it. Uh, do you have anything else you want to really dig into? I, I did ask on Facebook, so if if you're ready, I'll ask them, find out what they. Well, I, I would say probably just my my last thought of it, which is a bit of a sour note to leave it on, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. I think that it as a film it, it starts off it, it starts off strong uh, 
and and awful and horrible. Uh, it continues that way for a long time, but unfortunately, I do think it peters out right at the end. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't yeah. disagree with that. You know, for, for all that we've been through in you know in the film and the way that it's it builds up and we go through this this whole home invasion uh, aspect. It does. I would say once they leave the house with you know with the women in the tarp, it it kind of just falls down a bit and loses its momentum, which is, yeah. a, which is a bit of a shame uh, because I think it's yeah it could be it could be something re- really uh, special and awful. Uh, yeah, and well, I, I can't I can't disagree with that at all. Um, I felt that the first time I watched it. And I felt that this time I watched it, it, it just, it does start um, almost winding itself down. Right, come on, you've had all this. Settle down now. Um, you know, uh, come on, learn to row a boat. Um, yeah. So, uh, ooh, shall I check the Facebook then? Let's see what people have said. Um... Uh, oh, our friend from Movie Jewel, Peter Marshall. Um, or just Peter. Whatever you want. Uh, how this film was not called Last House on the Far Right is beyond me. Uh, Good work, player. Yes. Well, what a film. From the moment you see that cake, I, it just takes you on a spiral down into the worst of humanity and doesn't let up until the last second of the film. One-shot films are always so enthralling and really pull you in. This pulls you in and punches you right in the gut. Mm. Um, Vanessa just thought just thought that Last House on the Far Right was very funny, and I agreed. Um, and Vincent said uh, a chilling, horrifying, long-take, real-time nightmare of poisonous beliefs, escalation, and victimization, both imagined and actual. Yeah, they, yeah, they've done it again. They always say what we said, but a bit shorter, don't they? They're good lads and lasses, <laughs> and whatever's. Well, uh, yeah, I think they're they're very they're very fair with with what they've said. Uh, yeah, I think we're all more or less on the same page. Are there are there many um, one shot films out there? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's there's a few. Uh, Boiling Point was one uh, recently. Oh, that's with uh, Stephen Graham. Really good right? film. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, no, the, the, there are definitely others. I'm just struggling to uh, to, to recall them uh, right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh yeah. The other thing is with whether a film is is truly one shot or whether it's uh, you know the the cuts are in it sneakily, uh, you know to 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 make it look like a, a single take. Ah, right, right. Um, apparently, nineteen seventeen's one take. That don't feel right. Well, again, it, that's supposed to be, but you can you can definitely see where where uh, the cuts are. All uh, right. Um, uh, I mean. Uh, a lot of films have have really great 
you know, long takes. Uh, the problem uh, isn't the, I'm, I'm looking here that uh, the the Wolf House, uh, the stop motion film that you you enjoyed so much, is yeah. uh, a one shot, which I guess is is easier when it's. Uh, well, yeah, stop motion that though. Surely, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly that. Not. That's not one shot. That's a million shots or more. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, but yeah, there's. Uh, if you look and uh, there is a Wikipedia page for for single take films, and it it lists uh, the length of of quite a lot of significant uh, one shot scenes. Then it lists how long the take is as well. Uh, and well, soft and quiet does not feature on there. Uh, edited to as a to appear as one shot, uh, it's not on there either. So, mm. oh well, uh, it doesn't matter, I suppose. I just uh, just thought I'd ask. And um, so, the problem with this, these F up movies is they, they they keep coming along, and I'm like almost loath to rate them. Um, I think. You know, in terms of this, the filmmaker wanted to wanted to say something about society. Um, they wanted to make a one shot film, and I think they've they've done exactly that. So for that, I'll have to give it a creative psychopath because um, it's it's all there. The intention was there, and they delivered. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, in that regard, I would agree with you. Yeah, it's you know for for the job they're trying to do, they execute it, and it. it does just make you feel properly awful, <laughs> which is a, a bit of a shame because I mean I don't really like feeling like that. But also, you know, it's important that we that we don't shy away from these subjects, and and you know we do we do tackle them and we do do our work, uh, you know, to, uh, to try and alleviate these these social ills. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um... Talking of movies, effed up movies making you feel crappy. We're gonna um, we're gonna follow into this last slice of bread by um, having a little chat with about effed up movies themselves. Just you know what? Uh, well, it was was your idea. You 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 say well, what? Yeah. You so I'm I've I've been sort of wondering uh, uh, when we. I mean, really, you you did the, the heavy lifting for for this month. You the ones that you picked most of the the films, so mm-hmm. that was a lot off. But uh, when I was you know I was trying to think of, of films to cover for this month, it was something that I was having to ponder as to like what you know what what makes a film effed up, you know? Because we watch we watch a lot of horror movies <laughs> and. Oh yeah, horror movies kind of have to be, you know, messed up in order to to work as horror. So otherwise, mm-hmm. they'd be dramas or comedies or something, right? So you know what what is it that separates these these movies from your you know your more run of the mill horror films? Uh, well, and it's. I mean, this film is is gave me 
a, a very clear indication of one aspect that uh, that I think is is to be factored in, which is uh, you know realistic viability. You know yeah. how you know, how likely is is such a thing going to happen? How we uh, you know how possible is it that it, that it's even happening now sort of thing uh and you know as we would compare this to to get out uh you know another film that deals with racism you know get out takes it to a place which is you know more you know more unbelievable less likely and mm-hmm. i would say that's a, a pretty key difference because you know if this film was was written as a news report we'd kind of we'd believe it wouldn't we right i think that's that's a key aspect for me mm-hmm. yeah um i suppose like you like you say in terms of effed up movies you've got you've got stuff like this that essentially makes you feel bad you know it makes you feel bad because you live in a world like this it makes you feel bad because well, for this particular one, you know, you've heard people talk like this and you know these people exist in the world. Um, so it's sad. It makes you feel sad and bad. And I often feel that's where what effed up movies um, do. You know, last week we covered Last House on the Left and while it's stupid to a degree when it deals with its violence, it deals with it in in such a way that it isn't it isn't glamorized like a slasher movie because there are kills and things in slasher movies that are considerably more violent in in theory than what you what you see there but because it lands in this sort of real real life violence um you know and i think sadly we know we know now more about mental health and stuff like that that um, you know, while rape is the most disgusting violation I think you can you can do to someone, it it um it's also a violation of that person, not just sexually, but as a person, you know, like so it makes you feel terrible for her, you know, especially in that film when it when the actual scene happens and she just Know, essentially switches off um so when it's when it's doing that and it's making you feel almost like you should look away and i think that's um you know those are the effed up movies because you know essentially we're horror film we're horror fans so we we don't mind a bit of violence but we don't we don't want to see realistic violence we don't want to be put in this in those situations you know we don't we don't read news reports about horrible things that have happened in the world and think, oh yeah, that'd be that'd make a great movie because we don't want to see that. Um you know, and I think that's partly essentially what 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 makes movies particularly effed up. Um, you know, and there are other categories to effed up as well. I think, you know, there's extreme body horror that like when we covered Tusk, you know. And that yeah, was, I think that that's more of the direction we went in last year, wasn't it? With Martha's as well. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that was that was more. That's but with Martyrs as well, it's the same as like I said. The violence in that is incredibly realistic. It it you know it starts off as a ghost movie, but when it hits with the violence, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not a. As I say, it's not that sort of eighty slasher zombie extreme violence. It's just awful violence. Um, even so much as forcefully cutting someone's hair, you know that stuff is just disgusting because it's because it it, it has that element of just realism about it. And I think, uh, yeah. But well, sorry, I've I've really gone off on a tangent here. Um, well, that's, that's the whole point of this. Yeah. I think as well, I think when you mentioned Tusk, and I'll compare that to uh, to Tep to all from the other week as well, is that, you know, there's, there's a different meaning to effed up to. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, something quite absurd. Correct, yeah. And, yeah. And I would say even Titan ventured into that territory at times as well, mm-hmm. where it's not, you know, none of the things that we've spoken about apply still. But it just it finds this this other place where it's uh, so outside the norms of you know orthodox thought that or, or, uh, you know a way that a story would be told uh, you know in in orthodox ways that it, it gives us a less squeamish version of of a an effed up film yeah right uh which i have to say right now i'm I'm much preferring to you know the awful misery that that we've been subjected to at uh, various points during yeah. this yeah well i mean uh i i don't know whether we're gonna bring this back and if we uh, and if we do bring it back next year we might look at um some of the more extreme um more body horror movies, things like Society. Yeah, some of the like some that. of the dafter films, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because they are out there, and there are movies like for Audition, for example, that I don't think either of us seen, but I know it to be effed up. Um, but I think it's effed up in that because of the particular level of violence. Um, or not even that, I think it's just very, you know, forced upon... Oh, uh, well... I honestly don't know. I haven't seen it. All I know is bits about it, so I'm, I can't really speculate exactly what goes on in audition. Um, you know, so there is there's all there's all sorts of things about you know effed up stuff, and I think I I often think it's what makes it effed up is how it how it resonates with you, either emotionally or physically. You know, again, going back to some of the more fun movies like i you know you could suggest to a certain degree i think that hereditary is fucked up because that leaves you really really crappy at the end um you know it, it's not it it's not a fun watch um <laughs> you know so so there is that but there are movies like the conjuring for example which it, it, it doesn't do that it doesn't have an emotional resonance with you aside from potentially some scares you know, and if you're a horror film fan, that's what you want. You want some scares, but you you don't come away from it feeling, you know, there's nothing in there that's hyper violent or, you know, even sickeningly violent. Like for example, when we saw Tatan and she's breaking her own nose, that 
that's cringe level violence. That's 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 someone's way. Essentially, you look away from the screen, and yet, if you were watching a zombie film and they were eating someone's intestines out, you'd still be eating eating your peanut M and M's. Um, because there's a huge difference, I think, between one thing and the other. Um, it's that sort of, you know, scary horror films or fun horror films and, you know, stuff like, I guess Midsummer, Midsummer is probably fucked up as well. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause again, with Midsummer, it leaves you not feeling very happy about yourself. <laughs> Uh, or at least not very happy about the characters. You know, our hero, Danny, is just... She's gone, and she? She mentally broke. And it's... It, it's just... Uh, it's just no fun. Um, Would you... Uh, I don't I don't want to, to commit you to a, to a huge blanket statement, but... Would you say that venturing into... To these kinds of films, although you know difficult at times because of the you know, subject matter and, and the things involved, but would you suggest that they're perhaps more worthwhile on the whole than the your your run of the mill horror? Um, no, I think it's I think I think both things have got uh, their their place. Um, you know, in terms in terms of horror movies, and I think. I like both kinds, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's, I think what you always know, spoke about with, with threads, and I would say soft and quiet is, is another example. Is that it, it forces us to confront things that we don't, you know, we don't always get, and and we don't always have to get. You know, we don't. Not every film has to set out to change the world, uh, and and you know, comment on the state of the world because mm-hmm. escapism is such a big part of it and uh and, and shared shared joy, shared scares that, you know, they're they're a huge part of the human experience. Uh I wouldn't personally I'd say that they're they're, they're definitely uh more worthwhile. I think they probably they probably hit uh as more, I don't know, more socially aware mm-hmm. than than a lot of horror films. But it's not necessarily, again, always the case. And I'll go back to that comparison between uh, Soft and Quiet and Get Out. You know, I think both of those have done something uh, important and, and have had important things to say about, about race and race relations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that there, there could be uh, a blockbuster horror movie about nuclear war that that could potentially be as as impactful as Threads. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I wouldn't call it a blanket statement, and I wouldn't say that that they are more worthy. I would probably say that for now, uh, and and for for my experience, they do they do tend to hit a bit more into that human experience uh, probably yeah. because they're not necessarily going all out just to entertain yeah yeah 
And I think, you know, what you say is true, and uh, and I agree with you. I think the only problem with these specific effed up movies, like the ones that we've, we've really watched over this month, apart from, you know, maybe Tetsuo, but even even that was a bit like this, is they're in, they're, they are the kind of movies that you come away from and you can't, cannot tell someone you enjoyed it really or at least you, that's not what you get out of it you know you you get an emotion out of it but it's hard to and i think well for example with threads we just gave up on them we didn't bother reviewing it because there was you know and with soft and quiet with this week i think you know as it, it, it it's the same you know where does that create so psychopath come from? And I, and I, I gave it, it for the reasons I gave it because that filmmaker wanted to do that. And that's what it does, but it's not an enjoyable film. It's not, it's not, Oh yeah, I want to watch that again. You know, we know it was good, but it's not to be enjoyed if that makes sense. And I think sometimes that's, um, you know, a problem with like the F dub movies and often, Oftentimes, I think that's why it loses translation when we get American remakes of effed up movies. They don't, they don't head down that road of making sure that you feel terrible by the end of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that probably would would be a case is that where I would sum it up to is that it's. I think they're not. You, know, you you can't make your entire film diet these types of films, but I do think they are important yes. to to watch at times. Uh, yeah, they are. Good art helps us understand the world, yeah. and I think with these cases, uh, not all of them, but uh, quite a lot of them, uh, certainly the the ones we've covered this time around, they are important and yeah. and they are they are worthy of of your attention. They, I mean, I, I wouldn't just say they're worthy of it. I think they're they're almost essential uh, at yeah. this point, especially soft and quiet. Uh, yeah, yeah. That we, that we watch these films and we engage with them. Yeah, you're totally right. And these movies that you know, despite what I said, what I said to you, I watched these movies and come away from them thinking, um, I'm going to have to get Matthew to watch that. <laughs> um. Because despite knowing because that misery are, loves company, oh, but it's despite knowing that they're awful, it's exactly what you what you were saying before. You know, they've got something important to say often, and you know, in terms of the art of it, if if that's what the director's intention was, and they and they achieve it, um, and it makes you think and it makes you feel, then you know that is art, and that's that's what we want, um. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't matter. It was a bit. We 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 almost talked like we well, like I knew what I was talking about during that. It was good. Um, unless you've got anything left to say, I think we should uh, have a light-hearted ending. Yeah, uh, I think we should. <laughs> uh, we should move move past this, and we should get into uh, to, to much happier subjects of spending the whole month <laughs> uh, of March in in competition and conflict. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're, we're we're heading into the verses. Um, our friend Peter from the movie Jill. Uh, we they should pay us to sponsor them. The amount of times we get they get mentioned. 
Uh, but our oh, friend they, they give us enough uh, yeah, enough yeah. entertainment They're, for free that and they mention things were out square. Yeah, they mention us quite often anyway, so it's fine. Yes, Pete is going to be joining us for the entire of March. Uh, he chose a theme versus because obviously as a movie dual podcast. So we're going to be watching movies where um, characters verse each other. For example, I think we've got zombies versus wrestlers in the bag. And Yeah, uh, pro wrestlers versus zombies uh, is, is and, for, for absolute sure. And from there on, you know, we've cooked up some ideas. Um but we're not sure what else. So, um, yeah. Uh, drop drop some in the Facebook group if there's any you'd like to cover. We're we'll, we'll, oh, we'll always receptive. Nice plug for the Facebook group. Well done. Um, yep. Yeah, join the Facebook group. Chat about what we're chatting about. Um, join the Instagram. Do all those good things. You know, follow our letterbox. Everything's linked in the, uh, in the show description. And, uh, you know, let's get away from this effed up February. Thanks very much, Kyle, for bringing this along. Um, he should have come on, really, but um, sadly, your host, me, his rubbish at organising things. Um, apologies, Kyle. Anytime you want. We love you. Yeah, come back anytime you want. Um, come and do something fun. That would be nice. Um, uh, I'm rambling. Let's go. Let's go. Let's. We've made a sandwich, don't we? So, you know, we can go. Bye. Toodaloo. I like to lose, but don't.